And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific Easter weekend uh, or Passover weekend if you're Jewish. Um, Yeah, hopefully you had uh, some good family time while quarantined. My wife and I watched church from home since uh, church services are banned uh, essentially across the country now. Uh, Hopefully you guys had a good one, though. Um, Great show today. I was joined by Ash Scow from The Daily Wire. It's always a great time talking to Ash. Uh, We covered all the latest on the coronavirus and the uh, sexual assault accusations against uh, Joe Biden. Uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Before I get to Ash, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to support the show and get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Podcast. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Ash Scow. All right, guys, we're here with Ash Chow from uh, The Daily Wire. Ash, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. Love the show. All right, so a ton to get to. I mentioned before we started recording, I was really hoping to come up with a topic that's not... um, coronavirus related but alas this is uh the world we're living in everything uh, revolves around the coronavirus so let's just jump right into it um look i know that nuance is illegal in 2020 apparently that's been banned by all 50 governors apparently um but it's really frustrating watching the two camps on the right go at it like apparently we're only allowed to be worried about the coronavirus or about tyrannical government overreach um I personally, I'm very concerned with both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know why everybody kind of forming these two camps and going at it is, is particularly helpful or productive. Well, it, this kind of idea that it'll all go away, that it's just these times call for it. But, you know, the government, it never gives up power. We have, you know, uh, bills from decades ago that were supposed to sunset and they just keep getting renewed, never made permanent, but never given up because that's how government works. It doesn't ever give up power once it's given it. And can you imagine like, like maybe a Republican presidency wouldn't want to use this stuff, but of course Democrats would use it against the right. I mean, you give up this, I mean, the funniest thing I think I find are the people who hate Trump, who are trumpeting this government control, not even just at the state level, but like demanding Trump become an authoritarian that they've claimed he was all this time. And now they're like begging him to actually do this. And it's like, and he says no. And they're like, you don't care about us. And it's like, well, cause you know that if he did, they'd call him an authoritarian and a dictator. Like Trump is taking control of the, and it's like, you just like, they just, they want to, it doesn't matter what he does. They're going to, you know, attack him, but it's really, really difficult to see the people that say we need to get the economy back well why don't you care about people dying and it's like it's this real struggle to know that you know we're not gonna have an economy to come back to if we don't start opening things up safely but 
soon. I mean, you've got the yes. Texas governor, Greg Abbott, is going to release an executive order this week to uh, give some guidelines for businesses to start reopening. And of course, you know, he's going to get attacked. And, and the first person that dies at what, you know, contracts it at one of these businesses and dies or whatever, you know, if there's an influx in people getting it in Texas, I mean, he put lives at risk. And he, he kept saying in his press conference how concerned he was. We don't want to do this too soon. You know, we don't want to s- cause a problem. But at the s- same time, people can't just keep sitting on unemployment. It's not as much as you were making before. People being laid off and, and fired because the employer can't make money during this time. I mean, we can't keep doing that. We can't let half the country become unemployed to combat the virus because what's left after we think we've combated the virus is going to be even worse when we've got half a country unemployed. Now, the Democrats are going to love that because they're going to say, look what Trump did to the country and pretend that coronavirus had nothing to do with it. And they're going to use that into November. But at least the American people aren't going to be fooled by that. Like not one person is going to think Trump crashed the economy. Right. I mean, you're absolutely right. And and you're also correct that Greg Abbott's going to be mercilessly attacked by the press. But, you know, it is a nuanced approach. He's not like... The left is obviously just fighting a straw man right now, um, right? And some and some people on the right too. Like I'm not, nobody's advocating for eighty year olds to go to Yankee Stadium and watch a ball game. <laughs> okay, right? Exactly. Like, no, nobody is saying that. You know what I mean? Like that 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 would be and crazy. No one's no one's discounting the fact that people who are not at the high risk do are are dying from it. That children and young people and and you otherwise healthy people can get this, but they can also, and they might be getting this at higher rates, they can also get the flu, and it can be a fluke, you know. Um, I, I mean, I think I had a friend that died a, a year or two ago of, of one of these, not like H1N1 type things, and, and she's younger than me and healthy, you know, like it, it, it just happens with some people. Um, and we, we're not ignoring that possibility either, but we also don't want to destroy people financially. You know, like the health and the economy are, they're, they're, they're you know, hand in hand right now. You know, we of, have to take course. care of both. Of course. And I, I'm afraid that ship's already sailed. I mean, I don't know. Um you know, maybe Texas can survive. You know, if they start reopening right, at mean, least sectors of the economy this week, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, we're averaging six and a half to seven million unemployed a week. I mean, if we drag this out for another eight weeks, ten weeks, I mean, we won't have. It'll be all over. I mean, we won't. We will not have an economy to come back to. I mean, that's that's my main. I mean, think of the the amount of deaths that will that will be caused by the oncoming Great Depression. I mean, the suicides alone. And right. we're talking and, ten, and, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I mean, right. Uh, I think we're already seeing some spikes in those numbers. And yet the Associated Press weeks ago when Trump warned about this was like, no, no, there's no evidence. And they point to one professor who was like, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. Like, didn't really say, nope, no evidence. And one study that that said, um, you know, it's it's yeah, no, not really. And then ignored, you know, the dozens of other studies that are like, oh, yeah, 
it happens whenever there's an economic downturn. It's suicide spike for sure. You know, I mean, the AP even admitted that like they went high during the Great Depression. But then we're like, oh, and then they went low once World War II started. It's like, yeah, because the economy came back. Yeah, and World like, War II gave the entire country a, a national purpose. Right. You know, it brought everybody together for for a common purpose, which we obviously don't really have right now. And I, I'm just tired of the the straw manning on both sides. Yeah. I mean, we can walk. We need to be able if we're going to make it past this. We need to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. Right. Because you know, we we need to open the economy. We need to get back to some semblance of of normalcy. And yes, if you're 90. Don't go to the Pittsburgh Steelers game, please. Like, right. like please. And like, we be smart. What they're like, going, what the, yeah, what the people that are sitting here saying we need to keep the economy shut down for longer are people who are still employed. And they're not realizing that eventually they'll lose their jobs, too, because like everything, there, there is a funding mechanism for every job right now. And so even if, you know, a journalist outlet is still making money, I mean, eventually without people who have money to purchase their product, that'll hit them too. The same with the federal government. I mean, you imagine what tax receipts next year are going to look like because like with most of the economy going down. And I mean, we can keep borrowing from China, I guess, but there might have to be some devastating cuts. Yeah. Which might be yeah. good for bureaucracy, you know, for us <sighs> limited yeah. government and, people, but it's still like the, the, it's just the people that are saying that no, we can stay shut down longer are the people that are employed. Exactly. And don't and, think they're going to become unemployed, but it can it can end up happening anywhere. And we're delaying the the economic comeback too, the longer we stay shut down. And look, I I don't really like talking about my myself in this regard here, but like people like me, I'm in entertainment. You know, I'm a musician and a political commentator. I literally live on people's expendable income. <laughs> okay. Right. So like people like me, the entertainment business, it's not coming back any time. It's not coming back this year. It, right. it might take two years to get back to where we were. It's going to take a long time. So it's, you know, and the longer we stay shut down, the longer people like me are going to be hurt by this and then whatever, it's fine. My bills are paid. I'm not complaining, but like, this is not a quick, I, I think the people, uh, before we move on, just one more, one more comment on this. I think the people that, uh, inc- I think including president Trump, unfortunately, that believe that, um, Hey, look, I'd love to be wrong. If I'm wrong, I would love to apologize in this podcast, but I think a lot of people are in for a rude awakening. If they think you can just plug the economy back in, and we pick up where we left off. That's just not how these things work. And I think a lot of people are in for a rude awakening here. Right. I was saying this to, to someone the other day that it was just the economy won't just come back because you're keeping people down and unemployed and not having that expendable money that once things open up, they can't just open back up because like businesses that have shut down, right? People who are unemployed aren't going to re- just immediately go out and start buying these things and, and returning to restaurants and bars when they don't have the money to. And therefore those restaurants, bars and other businesses aren't going to have the money to hire people back. And it's just this kind of cycle. Like it needs both. And without the money, the businesses can't reopen to hire people, to give them the money to patronize the businesses and the restaurants to hire people. 
And even aside from that, the fear isn't going to go away. Right. The fear in, in the market, like if let's say we develop a, a, a vaccine or the Israelis, or the Australians, all the people who, who claim to be close to developing a vaccine. Let's say we develop it tomorrow, which is not going to happen. Obviously, clinical trials typically take a year. But let's just say right. that doesn't let's just say in a parallel universe where you could just develop a vaccine right now. We vaccinate every and we for some somehow we just develop uh, seven billion of them, seven and a half billion of these. We vaccinate the entire right. planet. Right. OK, let's just say that happens. It's impossible. Let's say that happens. I mean, people are going to be you know, scarred by this mentally. I mean, people aren't me, for instance, a rock and roll band. Do you think people are going to just immediately take the vaccine and then be stoked about like, you know, packing into a crowded bar to watch a band tomorrow? Right. No, exactly. like people are not going to want to go to bars. They're not going to want to go to ball games. Like it's going to take time for people to get past this just intellectually. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. fear is going to last for a while. So we might end up uh, like China and, and Japan, especially have a face mask culture, like to the point where, you know, Japan, they have, uh, they, they decorate their face masks. It's an entire industry that America might end up becoming like that. And you're going to see a lot more people with face masks and gloves, just walking around scared. I'd say certainly on the coasts. Yeah. I think that's inevitable. Um, it's, you know, in places like New York, you know, LA, San Francisco, Chicago, Houston. Um, you know, I, I doubt in a year we're going to see people walking around in Ohio um, yeah. in masks, unless you're going to an airport maybe. But yeah, I mean, I do think, uh, I, I definitely think we're going to see some not permanent changes, but semi-permanent changes that last years moving forward. Yeah. Let's uh let's beat up on some Democrats. You, okay. you down for you down of for that? Of course. <laughs> probably my favorite pastime. Probably the only thing I like to do that's still legal. Um, to be honest with you, but <laughs> for now, look now now that Bernie Sanders' career is essentially over, um, I found myself a new least favorite politician on earth, um, and that is Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Um, this this woman <laughs> truly is a menace to society. Here's just a, a partial list of her greatest hits. Uh, just in the last couple weeks, um, she closed all parks uh, across the state of Michigan. She banned the use of all boats, which is just hilarious to me. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure the safest place on planet Earth is on a boat. I like the only place I could guarantee I'm not going to be exposed to coronavirus is by myself on a boat in the middle of a lake. Okay, like literally the safest place on the planet. So she banned all boats. Uh, she banned the sale of uh, seeds to grow your own food in your garden. Uh, she banned the sale of uh, infant car seats. Um, th- these things were deemed uh, non-essential. Um, that's pretty that hilarious. One... That food is non-essential and protecting your child is non-essential. I mean, my gosh, this person is a monster. The child care one wasn't specifically mentioned in her executive order. So it looks kind of like it might, like I reached out to her office and Walmart on both of those. It looks like in this case, Walmart overanalyzed her executive order because it doesn't mention child car seats or child related items at all as non-essential. I think Walmart may have overreached, but she did specifically say like all nurseries and garden, uh, like garden nurseries nurseries, you know, plant nurseries and gardening stuff, which would include seeds, which is also ridiculous. But the car seat thing, as much as I'd like to hit her on, 
don't think she actually intended that. But it's also like with all of her other, you know, bands, I can't really blame retailers for thinking literally if it's not food or a medical device, it's non-essential um, without thinking that car seats get children to hospitals when they need to. So they are kind of essential. But yeah, I mean, and plus you don't even remember like the woman just outright like kind of downplaying the virus then claiming the federal government was purposefully keeping things from her without providing any proof then walking that back I mean she's been doing this to be a VP candidate and she's I mean if Biden picks her it would show a severe lack of uh thought on his part uh Ash what have you seen from Joe Biden in the last year uh, that isn't a severe lack of thought. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I think that's pretty on brand for the former vice president at this point. Right, exactly. And and, and it's finally hitting him. Like the coronavirus, as much as the press are trying to attack Trump on it, <laughs> Trump has good approval numbers on this because, you know, he's given those daily press briefings saying, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. And you've got the California and New York governors, right? The most influential Democratic governors in the country praising Trump because he's giving them everything they need easily. You know, like Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo could be out there every day attacking Trump and saying like, we're not getting what we need and blah, blah, blah. Right. And people would all the press would obviously believe them and they're not doing that. And so it's not helping the media or the Democrats. And Biden tried to give those little press briefings and he failed so miserably because he was saying, this is what we need to do. And it's like, Trump's already doing all that. And then also him not like forgetting his lines and coughing every and just looking ridiculous and spaced out. So they canceled them. And now no one remembers who Joe Biden was. The most recent story was that he was accused of sexual assault by a former staffer. So people were like, and the media is burying that. So which means keeping, basically keeping Biden out of the headlines, which is doing great for Trump. Right, right. And I, I want to get to the, the Biden accusations here in a little bit, but um, there's one more thing on this this idiot, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. I mean, like, I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds, because unless you're from the area, you're not really going to know what I'm talking about. I, I live five miles from the Michigan border, by the way, in, in northwest Ohio. But, um, uh, like, the, banning the use of boats and banning the use of seeds to grow food in your garden is just hilarious. I mean, she's saying that food is not essential. Like, right now, like, literally March, April— and May, uh, there's a very delicious large fish that lives in Lake Erie that swims up the rivers. And there's literally tens of thousands of fishermen in Ohio and Michigan that feed their families through catching this fish. It's called a walleye. And they line, they take tens of thousands of boats out on Lake Erie and on the Detroit River in Detroit and catch these walleye, fill their freezers, and that's how they feed their families I think, in the spring. I think that's why and she bans them. Right. And, th- and this is not, I mean, but people still, like, you can't. It's physically impossible to not social distance on a boat. Like right. You can't be on a boat and be six feet from another boat. That's how you're going to wreck and sink your boat and die. Right. So, like, it's physically impossible to break the law on a boat. But, like, she's literally keeping these people from catching their food. She's keeping people from growing their own food in their gardens, which tons of people do around here. This isn't New York City. A lot of people have gardens in their yards and grow their own food. And so she's literally depriving these people of the ability to obtain their own food and forcing them to go to crowded 
stores and get coronavirus. <laughs> okay. Right. So it's like, there's no out. reason. Yeah. There's no way these orders could help people. In fact, I'm sure these orders will actually get people killed in the state of Michigan. So it's just disgusting. Right. I mean, these governors, a lot of these governors are just having fun with this. Like, I, I, I think a lot of these people are just living out their perverse childhood fantasies of being a king or a queen, and they can get away with it now without any right. recourse. You're and seeing, I think that's what Gretchen Whitmer's doing. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of people around the country getting arrested, and they were doing things all by themselves, but that are now banned under social distancing, even though there was no one else around. Like, in California, there was a guy paddle boating in the ocean, and a bunch of cops came <laughs> to arrest him. And it's like, well, he, he was by himself on a paddle boat in the ocean alone. And the cops together weren't social distancing. Like, they were close, right? All come to, like, take him away and tell him to stop doing that. It's like, you broke social distancing to bother this guy who yeah. was as socially distanced as you could be. You've also yeah. got, you know, all the, the pastors that are being, uh, the churches that are being taken down when these people are sitting in, in their cars by themselves or with their right. family who they'd already be socially distancing were cars apart from people while the pastor gives the sermon alone in the church over like an FM radio station or a loudspeaker or something, right? You had one video going around this weekend of a ton of cops pulling up to tell this one pastor that, you know, the, they're uh, going to be issued citations because of the people sitting in their cars listening. And you see it's like 10-something cop cars that pull up, right? Oh, yeah. And, the and I, don't know if, I don't know if you caught that on that in that video. I believe it's the same video you're, you're referring just getting to, to this where the cop comes up said, to him, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Takes his mask down, takes his mask down, right, and says to him, your rights are suspended. It's like... No, that you can't. That's not a thing with the Constitution. No. Your rights are not suspended. No, no. Yeah, I mean the the, the Bill of Rights uh, can't be thrown out just because people are scared. Okay, that's not you. You're not allowed, and that cop should be thrown in prison. I mean, you're not allowed to suspend people's rights for no reason. And let's right. talk a, a little bit about the religious liberty as, aspect here. Obviously, yesterday was Easter. Um, yeah, the Kentucky governor having cops patrol church parking lots, taking down anybody's license plate number that dared to go to church on Easter. I mean, this literally sounds like, that sounds like an Onion headline from like 2010, making fun of conservatives who just believe that Obama hated Christians or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That sounds like an Onion headline making fun of the right. You know what I mean? And I yeah. 100% understand the backlash to this clear oppression, this unconstitutional behavior by government. Um, like I'm a devout Christian. I, I personally would not go to church right now. I'm watching yeah. church at home. I am personally avoiding all public gatherings, but I'm choosing to do so. Okay. Like I'm taking this seriously, but I, that's my choice. I'm choosing not to go to church. And it is sickening how the state is, is targeting churches and religious gatherings. And a lot of conservatives have felt for a long time that the Democrats, that the left has been targeting religion, which they have. If you remember, the Democrats booed God at the 2012 Democratic National Convention. Okay, so a lot of us conservatives that have felt this way for a long time, this is just reinforcing that. And and I get it. I, I, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're not hearing this like, well, are people still allowed to ga gather at mosques? And they should be. But are they being targeted? 
maybe they're not going. Maybe maybe they're not going to synagogues. You know, maybe it is just Christians that are going out. But I, I have a hard time believing that that Christians are the only ones going to their places of worship right now, but they seem to be the only ones being targeted. It's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I, uh, I'm a libertarian, so I'm, I'm pretty damn skeptical, skeptical of government on all levels, and it's just, it's hard for me. The same thing what I said about Governor Whitmer of Michigan. It, it's hard to not believe that some of these governors, especially the Democratic governors, are having fun um, with right. this. Well, they're they're enjoying in... the fact that they can they can attack religion. Yeah, well, I, it, I, I have to. Well, to attack everything, because you've got a governor Northam in Virginia signing a whole bunch of gun control bills. Oh yeah, right. That are like that has nothing to do with coronavirus right now. You're just sweeping through your pet projects even though people in the states have been holding rallies against your gun control measures, you've now swept them through while people aren't able to rally against them or uh, the media is so focused on, on coronavirus, you know, like just these monumental power grabs while oh, yeah. people are afraid of dying. Like that's yeah, that, never that, let a crisis go to waste. That's the Democrat I, model, motto. Absolutely. And you're seeing it. And yeah, you mentioned our favorite blackface governor, um, mm -hmm. Ralph Northam of Virginia. Yeah, he, all these sweeping gun control laws. And what, he didn't just stop there. O over Easter weekend, he also repealed the state's voter ID law. Um, he signed into law a bunch of anti-business, you know, green energy laws. Uh, he raised the felony larceny threshold from 500 bucks to 1000 uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> truly, I, think, I mean, these, these monsters will not let a crisis go Was he go the waste. one that just... Set, uh, declared election day a state holiday. One of the governors just did that. I think it might have been Northam, but uh, now election day is a holiday. I, okay. Okay. Well, then you need the voter ID laws and the vote by mail thing is irrelevant now. Yeah. And how does this have anything to do with coronavirus or saving lives? Right. Exactly. I mean, it's absolutely pathetic. One more topic before I let you go. Um, you mentioned briefly earlier um, this this sexual assault accusation against Joe Biden. Um, I haven't even mentioned this on the podcast yet, but but yeah, as most people know, uh, he's accused by a former staffer. Her name's Tara Reid. Um, not the actress. It's a different Tara Reid. It's spelled um, differently, too. <laughs> it's, it's spelled differently, if, if anybody was confused. Um, I have no idea if this accusation is credible. I don't know. Honestly, I haven't, I haven't spent... I've been so focused on the coronavirus stuff for this podcast, I haven't really been able to spend a lot of time on this. I have no idea if it's credible. On its face, and I'm not going to go through it point by point, but just at face value, it seems roughly 10 billion times more credible than the claims against Brett Kavanaugh that, yeah. that he was a gang rapist and stuff. So, But I don't know. I mean, maybe this woman, Tara Reid's lying. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, to me, I, I don't know. Joe Biden doesn't necessarily... I know he's creepy, the whole, like, smelling people's hair and stuff, but, like... He doesn't seem like a rapist to me. I like. I don't know. You know what I mean. Um, a lot of people that know him swear up and down that he's a good guy and stuff like that. I, I, whatever. Like it. I have no idea. I have no opinion one way or the other. Um, but, and it's boring to even go down this road because the audience already knows what we're about to say. <laughs> like, obviously yeah. the press and the Democrats have completely buried this story. Do I even have to say it? 
Do I have to yeah. do? I mean, do we have to keep saying the whole like, what if it were a Republican? Because we've always we've seen right. this play well, out then you can with Brett Kavanaugh. Really, just look at it the way that they they handled the Kavanaugh allegations yes. versus the Biden ones, where they went, you know, literally looking for more people to accuse him, no matter what their their story almost was. And that's how you got Julie Swetnick and Michael Avenetti scamming people. But they still <laughs> got put on NBC News as a primetime yep. interview that started off saying, we haven't been able to verify these claims. But they still put them out there. And, I mean, that was, I mean, and NBC, as we know, had evidence, had their doubts about the veracity of her claims, knew these things didn't really line up and still put her on the air. You think that's going to happen with Tara Reid? No, that's no. not going to happen. You had the New York Times over the weekend that attacked Trump more than attacked Biden in an article about the allegations against Biden, right? And it was just, oh, well, Trump's been like accused by all of these people. And then he had the, you know, that Mike came you know, the Access Hollywood or the, whatever, the, the one on the bus, the famous, right, you know, right, grab right. by the, you know, whatever. And they go through all of that without like anything about, you know, Biden, really. It's all like, well, Trump's gotten through this and Biden didn't actually do this. You know, like you've also got Washington Post today that uh, is that completely ignored Biden's you know, decade, decades long history of we must believe women and, and men do exactly what women like men are rapists and, and need to be held accountable. And whatever a woman says is, you know, we need to listen to her. Now, all of a sudden, his camp is like, oh, this is a false accusation. It's like you, you said there were none. <laughs> like you said, believe all women, women tell the truth on this stuff. And and also putting out that, well, it now suddenly saying that believe all women actually means hear them respectfully, but investigate thoroughly. And that's never been, never been any, anything that he said before. And the Washington Post completely ignored that. Even completely though this was, a, this, was, this was an outlet that, you know, championed his believe all women and right. all of those policies, right? I mean, this this story's gone nowhere. I, I've, I haven't even heard it on Fox News or anything like that. I mean, nobody's—it's been completely swept under the rug by everybody. And the thing is, and it, it just sucks. It just sucks. I mean, like, the, the Me Too movement thing was good at first. I mean, a lot of, like, degenerate, horrible, horrible human beings were exposed for doing horrible things to women. And it only took, what, a year <laughs> to, for for me too to completely just be destroyed. Oh, it was way, I mean, like, way, way cl- quicker than that. Like once yeah. you open the door for women to accuse men, you had like women coming in from everywhere. Like every bad breakup, every bad oh, encounter, gosh. guy was a rapist. You know, like it's just oh he was a bad boyfriend, which basically is like maybe right. he was a bad boyfriend. He's not a the sexual Aziz, the Aziz predator. I, I, like. Aziz Ansari was the first, like, really obnoxious one, I remember. Right. You know, well, that's the just... first obnoxious one that got attention. But when you cover right. this stuff like I do, it was pretty much immediately. Like, the whole list that was out there that had been compiled that was, like, any grievance a woman had against any man working in any industry with even a slight, you know, notoriety. I mean, you had accusations against, I don't know, people who were stars in the librarian community, right? Authors, media people, even for 
that you wouldn't normal people hadn't heard of, right? But they were editors of some magazine somewhere. You had, you know, just so many accusations. And most of them were just like, yeah, I used to date him and he sucked. You know, like they, that's basically what they <laughs> boiled down to. And sometimes you date a jerk, but that doesn't make him a predator or, you know, need to have the label of rapist. You the, know, like the, the how Democrats many bad exes do people every... have? Yeah, I mean, the Democrats just ruin everything. It didn't have to be this way. It did not have to be this way. Like, right, it, but that's it, it could have been like me on college campuses. Like it was obviously heading to that. They broadened the definition of what sexual assault and harassment means to where if you overhear someone telling a joke that you don't like, their sexual harassment violating anti-gender discrimination laws, right? And on college campuses, you've got these laws, these affirmative consent, where if she doesn't affirmatively consent to everything and which is like, okay, that's fine. But the rules behind it are like, you know, oh, it doesn't have to be verbal. Okay. So a guy says, yeah, by her actions, she consented. She says, no, uh, uh, or, and then also I was too drunk and any amount of alcohol negates it. So there's literally no way to win. There's, there's no way to actually get consent anymore. So any woman who doesn't like an account, encounter or regrets an encounter, or literally every drunken hookup these days is now considered sexual assault. When, you know, we talked about this before the show, there was that whole sexual revolution that like brought about the 90s drunken hookups. And now 20 years later, all of those are rape, every single one. Do these morons understand that it's going to swing back in the other direction and it's going to lead to women who have actually been raped just not being believed or listened to at all? Well, that, that that's happen. the thing, because they say that you're not allowed to, to report any false accusations or you can't arrest a woman or you know really treat her as the liar she is, the criminal she is for making a false allegation because they claim that will deter real victims from coming forward. I'm like, no, no, that'll keep false accusers from coming forward. A real victim is a real victim. Why would a liar deter a real victim? But when you let false accusers off the hook and you basically tell women that it's like, yeah, you got a grievance against a guy? Yeah, just accuse him. It'll be fine. Nothing really bad's gonna happen to you, you know? Every his no life way. will be destroyed. You could get back at him. You've got these women that have like these no consequences. A guy hurts their feelings, and you get mad at somebody. You get heartbroken, and then you have no concept. Like it's it's basically evil, really. Like oh, yeah. you get so yeah. angry at someone, and you decide you you're going to do that basically to get back at them without any feeling of consequence for your actions. And, and the women are, are held as heroes for doing this. They get attention. They get, you know, accommodations, hero status. If they're in college, they get special treatment in, in school, right? You can get your homework or test delayed or, you know, you can, you know, get special housing. You know, you're like, you're a victim. Like, everybody treats you differently. And it's like, and all you had to do was, you know, accuse John, who you slept with once and who didn't call you back, of rape. Yeah, yeah. And As heck, if there's if you, no consequences to that. If you accuse a Republican politician, you get a book deal. Yeah, exactly. You become a millionaire. Right. And so uh, There's no way this hurts the Biden campaign, is it? I mean, there's no nope. way the media nope. ever takes this story seriously, is there? No, 
I mean, they uh, you saw immediately with how they they um, treated the Justin Fairfax accusations, which came about like a couple months after the Kavanaugh ordeal, and yet you had. Um, you know, which the by the way, just sorry to cut you off, but by the way, and we're not going to go through that. Like we don't have time to go through those accusations, but right. look those up. If anybody forgets me talking about it a, a year or so ago, uh, those were extremely credible. The, the accusations against Fairfax, uh, were extremely credible. It really looked like he done it. Uh, but um, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I, I'm that, not so. sure. I mean, he said consensual, they said didn't, and, and there's no evidence one, one way or the other, but they're still, in my opinion, in those and the Tara Reid allegations, there's at least evidence that these women knew the man they were accusing. There's right. literally no evidence that uh, that uh, Christine Ford knew no. Kavanaugh or had ever been in the same room with him. And yet they no. were that. oh, these are credible. It's like like her own friend was like, no, we never interacted with him, you know, like uh, and then they tried to destroy the friend but like there's no evidence christine ford was ever in the same room as brett kavanaugh and they were right. blasted everywhere like it was so credible insane insane yeah. i gotta let you go i'm way over time thank you so much for uh for coming back on and i, I told you i'd keep it short and i totally <laughs> lied i apologize for that uh, and hopefully okay. hopefully next time you come on we'll have uh some positive stuff to talk about yeah. not a lot of positivity on the show today i'm sorry guys um ash before i let you go uh, where can everybody read your stuff and follow you online and all that good stuff you can read my articles at the daily wire you can follow me on twitter at ash scow and you can find me on facebook ash scow everybody follow ash she's great i'm sure she'll be back on soon uh that's all i got for today i'm brady leonard i'll be back on wednesday no gimmicks Thank you.